This is Trinity Church of the Vale Valley, loving God, loving people, and living free. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Ethan Moore. Once again, thank you for joining with me. Today's message is recorded for Sunday, June the 25th, 2023. Today we are wrapping up, we're completing our spring series that I've entitled Prayer from the Heart of God. Now through this seven-week journey, today's week seven, we've looked at four of the Apostle Paul's great prayers for the church and considered them as a lens into the larger theme and focus of prayer that we see in the New Testament. And today what we're going to do, really wrapping this all up, is we're going to briefly revisit um, almost all of the prayers we looked at, plus one we didn't consider. And with each, we're going to take the time to actually stop and pray with the focus that we see here in the Scripture. And my hope is that what we will do is make this prayer personal, that what you will do is make this prayer personal and we, as we take this Scripture and pray it back to God. And so what we're going to do is start with the message series title, right? the concept that in the New Testament we see prayer that is from, that is of the heart of God. And the key scripture that we looked at on this point, and there's multiple that we could look at, but this is maybe the clearest, is from 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, where we read, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. Just, just, just think about that statement. The confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Friends, this is the idea that when we pray according to God's will, these are prayers that God desires to answer. These are prayers that it's in God's heart to hear and answer. So the question comes then, how do we know when we're praying according to God's will? And we looked at two big answers to this over the last six to seven weeks. First of all, well, we'd look at the prayers that the Holy Spirit inspired the New Testament writers to pray. This is what we've been doing. Second, and we started with this, is what I call the principle of seeking first. And we looked in the first week of the study, we looked at Jesus' invitation near the end of Matthew 6, where Jesus said, of course, part of a just amazing context of Scripture around this, but in verse 31 through 33, Jesus said, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. That's a key statement. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Friends, this is the incredible hope, the reality that God knows our circumstances, and he invites us into a relationship of trust in his sovereignty and goodness where our prayer life is not centered, key word, centered on us and our needs, but rather is centered on God, his kingdom, his righteousness, who he is, his presence and work in us and through us. And friends, that is the focus that we have seen and how the Holy Spirit led the Apostle Paul to pray. And so throughout these letters that we've looked at, throughout rather these prayers that we've looked at, three primary themes have emerged. And they are that as disciples of Jesus and as the church, we would increasingly 
know Christ as our life, we would experience Christ in our life, and we would express Christ through our life. So, with that as a backdrop, let's start with Ephesians chapter 1, where Paul prays that we would know God. All right, this is a prayer to know. So Ephesians 1, I'm starting in verse 20, reading through, starting in verse 15, rather, and reading through verse 20. And Paul says, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, may be opened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. My friends, there's, <laughs> I have to be careful here and not just re-preach the sermon right, that we looked at when we unpacked that amazing prayer. But this is the astounding miracle that God wants us to know Him in all of who we are, right, our mind, our will, our emotions, to our core. Do we always feel like we know God to that level? Well, no, of course not. And God knows this. This is why the Holy Spirit led Paul to pray for the church that we would come to know God, increasingly so. Right? And it wasn't just for the believers there in Ephesus. It's for us the same today. So with that thought, let's bring that prayer to God. For I just encourage you to think in your life, in your church, in your community, how would God take these themes, how would the Spirit take these themes we saw right there and lead you to pray this back to God through the lens of your own life experience? So let's pray. Lord Jesus, I pray that, Lord, that you would give us gratitude, <laughs> that we would be filled with gratitude for your church, for all believers, Lord, as individuals, but as the body of believers. And Lord, that you would grow within us gratitude for the faith and the love that you are manifesting, that you are increasing within us as the church. Lord, we pray for wisdom and revelation, Lord, that by your Spirit, you would help us, you would work within us to give us wisdom to reveal to us yourself, right, that we would know you better. Lord, in the details of our lives, in the work of the church, in the dynamics that, that, we're, that we're all caught up in in our individual stories. And Lord, I pray that the eyes of our hearts would be opened, enlightened, Lord, that we could come to see and understand, to know the hope the riches that it is to be a part of your body, the life that you have brought us into, and the power of your resurrection in the midst of our daily life experience. Lord, I pray, Lord, by your Spirit, that you would lead us as your people to know you more and the transforming power that you will bring to us. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Friends, the second big theme that we've seen 
over these last seven weeks is the prayer to experience Christ, right? To know him. Of course, let me just take a step back. All of these themes, to, to know Christ, to experience Christ, to express Christ, these are all interrelated. And in some way, they all speak to the same, uh, I'm going to use this word a lot today, experience of being a follower, a disciple of Jesus. But just specifically in this idea of experiencing Christ, right, in our daily lives, Consider how Paul gets at this in Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 19, as Paul prays this way. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow. How does Paul pray that we would experience God here? I mean, just just consider this. How does the Spirit here lead Paul to pray that we would experience the glorious riches of God? Right? Well, he prays that we would be strengthened with the Spirit's power to experience by faith the indwelling presence of Christ, again, in our core, in our inner being, to know that that is the truth, and not just knowledge, but in our experience that we would be rooted and established in the love of Christ within us. And when we looked at that in detail, we talked about how rooted is the image of a tree and roots. The word established is more of an architectural term that, that the love of Christ would be the foundation of all of life. Paul prays that the Spirit would give us, right, an emphasis here on all of us as believers, not just individuals, but as the community of faith, the power to grasp, and experience the magnitude of God's love, right? that we would know and experience the love that surpasses mere intellectual knowledge. And Paul prays that in all of who we are, we would experience the fullness of God, that we would not be empty. Right? We think of emptiness that we see in people, sometimes in believers, sometimes within the church, but rather that we would we would, again, it's just this incredible statement that Paul gives that we would be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Maybe a lens onto that is what we see in James chapter 1, verse 4, where James is writing about perseverance. And he says, let perseverance, and perseverance here is really just trusting in God, looking to God, resting in Christ. And he says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Right? knowing whatever life brings in the midst of life as it really is, that our fullness, our completeness, our contentment, it comes from God that we access through his love by faith. Now again, we aren't there yet. Right? This is like maturity that, that Paul is describing here. But friends, it is God's desire to work these things out in our lives. And so Paul leads us by the Spirit to pray for God to do so. So again, through the lens of your community, your life experience, looking at this scripture, let's do that. Lord Jesus, we come to you again. And God, we pray that out of your riches, 
you would strengthen our faith so that we may know and experience your presence in the depth of who we truly are, honestly, with no mask before you. Lord, we pray that our anchor, right, the roots and foundation of just the practicality of real life, that that would be your love. Lord, give us the power to grasp, just to, to understand, Jesus, in the midst of our individual stories, the fullness of your love, and not just in doctrine and knowledge, but Jesus, again, in our experience, what it means Lord, I pray that we would just increasingly grasp what it means that you love us and how we show and live out the fullness of your love to other people. Lord, we pray that we would experience your fullness in all of who we are, in our identity, our hope, our peace, our joy, our very life. Jesus, we thank you that by your Spirit you lead us to pray that you would be our source, that you would be our fullness, that we would know your love, and that we would know you, not just by knowledge, but by experience. It's in your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Friends, we also see this theme of experiencing God's presence in the midst of a daily life in Paul's prayer for Philemon, this tiny little but profound prayer that we see in Philemon's ver- Philemon verse 6 where Paul prays for his friend. He says, I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Partnership in the faith. Friends, this is the idea that we unpacked of koinonia. It's often translated fellowship, the spiritual union that we experience with each other because of our common union with Christ. And Paul prays, that it will be through this fellowship, how we live our lives together, supporting and encouraging one another, right? Living in partnership, that, that spiritual divine partnership with other believers, that we would come to know and experience every good thing we share because of Christ. So let's lift that prayer up to the Lord. Ah, Jesus, we pray that as believers, we would indeed live in koinonia, in partnership, fellowship with each other. Lord, in a way that only your Spirit can make possible. Lord, I pray that the barriers to this richness of community, whatever they may be, however, however that may happen, that those would be removed, diminished, and that your church, your community of people, Lord, that we would flourish as a community of kindness and goodness and patience and peace and love. Lord, we pray that through our relationship with each other that we would come to experience every good thing that we already have in you, in Christ. And Lord, that that this would be ultimately for your sake and for your glory. Lord, I pray that you would just continue to impress on us that we come to know the fullness of who you are through our participation and the gift of Lord, of being a part of your body, your community of faith. Jesus, may we increasingly know and experience this this great gift. And it's in your name that I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, friends, the last big theme that we really unpacked in this message series is a prayer to express, right? That we would express God in Christ through our lives. Now, we see this calling in every prayer that we looked at. 
But I want to now look at a prayer we actually didn't study. And this is what Paul prays in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 11 and 12. Now, again, there's a big important context around this. You can go back and study that. But here's the prayer. Paul says, he says, with this in mind, right, that's the context, said, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, well, that's, that's just an incredible prayer. Friends, that really needs an entire sermon. So I encourage you that sometime this week, go back, read this, right? Memorize that prayer. Contemplate its significance. Because consider, first of all, friends, Paul prays here that we would be worthy of God's calling. Now, we actually saw this in the prayer that Paul, that Paul lays out in the beginning of Colossians. And we talked about um, how this isn't about the trap of legalism and guilt, right? Because our own works are never worthy of God. But rather, this is an invitation into trust, dependence, and joy-filled obe joy obedience. So we see here these two big thoughts. On the one hand, because of God's presence and work within us, right, the Spirit working with our faith, that we would desire to, to express God's goodness, right? our desires for goodness. And we would be prompted by our faith right, that we would have this impulse to do good works. Right? It's, it's almost like we wouldn't be able to help it because it's now who we are. Right? So there's our desire for goodness, our prompting to good works. And on the other hand, it is God's power that makes this possible. Our effort, our desire, but God's power and God's purpose. And as friends, as we live this out, knowing that God empowers us to live out the goodness that the Spirit prompts within us, the result is, excuse me, the result is that Jesus will be glorified in us. That the name, the identity, the nature and character of Jesus Christ will be seen and made beautiful in us by how we live. And when I say by how we live, this almost always means by how we live in relationship with people. And ultimately, this is all possible because of God's grace. So, just really um, insufficiently looking at that passage of Scripture, let's take that to prayer before the Lord. So, Lord Jesus, with great humility, we pray that you would make us worthy of your calling in our lives. Lord, it's just hard for us even to understand what that fully looks like. But Lord, we lift that up. We pray that you would work within each one of us, right, of, of, of who we are to give us the desire, the prompting of faith to live out your goodness in bold and powerful ways. Lord, as we look at this world around us, rather than being full of fear and bitterness, we ask that you would fill us with the desire to be wielders of your influence in the lives of the people that we interact with, that we would work to improve people's lives, to be a blessing to this world by how we love, how we serve, how we are bringers of kindness, of your kindness and compassion. And Lord, that through this, that you would open the door to your gospel, to your salvation. 
And Lord, in all of this, we pray that you would be seen, that your beauty and your glory would be authenticated and seen and made known. And Lord, we thank you. We confess that this is all possible because of your grace that is so freely given. And Jesus, it's in your name that we do pray that. Amen. Friends, I have one last thought for you. When we pray, right, whatever it may be, but specifically when we pray for God's work in our own lives and in this world, right, to be engaged in things, friends, are we willing to be part of the answer? Right? In the church, we continually pray for God. I'll give you examples. Again, this is the big thought here. When we pray to, the, when we pray to God, are we willing to be part of the answer? You know, in the church, we continually pray for God to raise up workers, right? Well, how is the Spirit leading us to be the workers? We often pray, and I mean, many of you do this probably every day, that our children and our grandchildren would know God. Well, how is the Spirit leading us to be God's voice to them? And not just in some proclaiming sense, but in, in the sense of loving influence, you know, we pray for people in our culture, in our society, to hear and understand and come to know Jesus. But are we willing to be the voice and presence of Jesus to them? You know, I mean, friends, honestly, if we look at much of the words, many of the words being spoken by religious leaders in America today, sometimes maybe us, you know, regarding the social and cultural issues of our day, you know, it seems at times that we are more interested in winning the argument than we are in winning people. So as the Spirit leads us to pray, may we always have an ear open to how we may be part of God's answer to that prayer. Because, friends, that'll change, that'll impact how we think about what we do, what we say, how we live. Or the perspective, Lord, use me. Right, help me see, give me sensitivity, give me wisdom and understanding to see how you would use me, to know you and experience you in our lives, and Lord, to express that mm, to the people around us. Friends, I'll close with this. Two passages that you well know. In John 8, 12, um, when Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. All right, so hold that, hold that thought of Jesus in your, in your heart. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then in Matthew 5, starting in verse 14, Jesus said, you, you know this? He said, you are the light of the world. Right? Jesus is the light of the world. And because we are in him, because of our faith in him, we are the light of the world. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Oh, my friends, um, may our prayer life while we come to while we do come to God with all the details of needs and concerns and gratitude and scripture calls us to this may the center of our prayer life be upon our father be upon Jesus that we would know him 
that we would experience him and, they, we, and that we would express all of, who he, all of who he is in our lives to the people in the world around us. Ah, Jesus, we thank you that in your word we see people led by your spirit praying to you, be it Paul or the other New Testament writers. Lord, I pray that we would take the time to consider this teaching and these examples of prayer, that this may shift the focus, Lord, of how we pray, the desires and focus of our hearts to you, and that we would know you and experience you and express you and all of who we are. Jesus, we thank you for that miracle and for that invitation. We thank you for your love for us, and we confess that love back to you and that it's only possible because of you. And it is in your name, Jesus, that we do pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for staying with me, tracking with me today, and through this entire prayer focus series. I love you, and we'll be back here with you very soon. Thank you.